everybody and welcome back to The Extras. My name is Sam. And I'm Jack. And it's great to be with you here. Uh, Jack, we had a bit of a week off from The Extras last week. Not, not, not heaps of questions for our final uh, Proverbs talk. That's right, yeah. We had stacks the weeks before and I guess by the end everything came yeah. up crystal clear. Dan was so clear <laughs> and, uh, and it was a great couple of weeks. And then and we've had a great Sunday uh, just gone with uh, John Lovell from CMS, uh, which has been fantastic to think about uh, mission and the cause of the gospel going to the nations. Uh, yeah, do you want to give us a bit of a reminder from from Sunday? What what were we looking at, and uh, yeah, what what was uh, John tell us all about? Yeah, so Mission Sunday, as you said, and we spent some time thinking about our mission partners as a church, how we're seeking to partner with people to see the gospel go out. Mm. And John really helpfully took us to Mark chapter three, which mm. is uh, Mark's account of Jesus talking to the teachers of the law and having this dispute over. You know, they say, oh, Jesus drives out demons by the prince of demons. And mm. Jesus talks about how Satan's kingdom can't stand if he's divided against himself. He's actually the one who's come to overpower Satan. He talks about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, and, and these words at the end about the, the division that the gospel even brings between families, as Jesus says that the ones who do his will are his true family. Yeah, so really helpful talk as we think about the, yeah. the, the exclusive confronting claims that the gospel makes on us. Yeah, uh, really, really helpful stuff. And, and then I likewise thought it was very helpful for then us to be thinking about our own support and, and partnering with, mm. with people who are in gospel ministry overseas. And the mission matrix, uh, that little sort of diagram of all the ways that we support people at Calico, that was really helpful on Sunday. I found that really good to kind of lay that out and, yeah. Yeah, really helpful for us to have a, an ordered way of thinking about mission both here and abroad. Yeah. If you want to, uh, again, like we said on Sunday, it'd be great for you to head to the St. Paul's website, head to our Missionary Partners page, and yeah. like we encourage you, have a read through the different people we're supporting and think about someone who you would like to sign up for their prayer points and be praying for them and even to get in touch with and say, hey, I'm praying yeah. for you. That would be a great thing to do to support the work of the gospel. And a great practical response to, to what John was saying on Sunday in terms of partnering with our our family who are serving the kingdom abroad. That's right, yeah. yeah. We'll get into some questions then. We have yeah. uh, four questions to tackle today. Yep. First one is really getting us into the, the nuts and bolts of Mark chapter 3 where we were. Yep. So Sam, uh, I'll ask you first. Uh, verse 23 yes. in Mark's gospel, it says that Jesus began to speak to them in parables. Mm. So that's who he's, yeah, he's t- speaking to the teacher of the law. It says he's speaking in parables. Yep. Uh, the question is, does that mean that verse 29 is also a parable. So mm. the, the the end of Jesus's kind of block of speaking, verse 29 says, whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Yeah. They are guilty of an eternal sin. Yeah. So is that a parable too? Yeah, yeah, great, uh, good question. And uh, I, I like the way that the, the, they're trying to work out what is the text uh, showing me here and asking questions of the text. That's a, that's a really good thing. So um, th- that's right. Yeah, verse 23 does introduce the story about uh, both the kingdom being divided against itself and the the tying up the binding of the strong man mm. um, as kind of parables and now what's a what's a parable well it's a story really that has uh, a, a point hidden inside it for those with eyes to see yeah uh, and I think the point here is that in in the context um, they're calling Jesus not not God they're calling him uh, a demon, uh, yeah. as if he's doing these powerful acts by the power of demons. And Jesus tells these stories 
uh, to kind of show how, how crazy that is to say, well, clearly Satan wouldn't be divided against himself. Why would he be working against his own friends? Mm. So I'm clearly not of Satan. And then secondly, saying, well, if you want to um, rob someone's house, you've got to bind up the strong man. Uh, then you can go in and take the house. And, and, and I think he's sort of saying, I'm the one who, who binds up the strong man. I'm the one who, who can bind up Satan. So I'm, I'm more powerful than Satan, not less powerful than Satan. That, yeah. That's, I think, what's behind these stories. And then at the end of it comes the sort of the point of it all, which is uh, he warns them of the of the danger of blaspheming against the spirit, uh, which I don't think is a parable. I think it's almost the, the moral of the story, if you like, the, the point of the parable, yeah. the kind of teaching point that Jesus has been moving towards, which is be very careful about calling God's Messiah a demon. Yeah, uh, I think that's what he's getting at here with this warning. Uh, so I don't think it is a parable. I think it's the kind of the point of the parables, if, if that makes sense. Does that, does that help? Yeah, so he kind of gives you these illustrations almost, and yep. then sometimes you don't get the kind of point explicitly brought out, which Jesus kind of gets to in Mark chapter 4. But in this case, yeah, you he, do get the, does. right, this is, here's what it means. This is what I'm telling you. That's right. And then you unpack like that. Yeah, I think it makes sense to me. That's right. Um, now, I mean, if you are interested, uh, we, we actually did a whole, if, if you're interested in terms of more on the... Um, what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I mean, you covered that uh, back at the end of last year, Jack, when you were taking us through Matthew's account of uh, of this passage. Yeah, that's right. I think if you if you head back through the podcast ar- archives to roughly the end of November 2020, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew chapter 12 is the, uh, the the passage. So you can look back at our previous episode where... I think that day that was our, our world record number of questions that we had about forty questions come in. We... <laughs> All about the, uh, the the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That's right. So we, we won't rehash that now, but you can go and have a listen to that if you'd like to explore that further. Absolutely, very good. Okay, uh, I think we'll leave that one there. Um, so one for you, Jack. Um, John spoke on Sunday about um, given the, the tightness of our ties to um, the, the the kind of Christian family, the new family we have in God. Um, he, he talked about, I guess, that that implies a loosening of our ties to our own biological family. And someone's mm. asked the question, what, what do you mean when you say our ties to them are loosened? Yeah, really good question and an important thing to think through because, I mean, the relationships with our family are, are massive. They're some of the most significant relationships we have. So definitely worth thinking through more. Mm. I think one thing to say is uh, you could hear these kinds of words and if you're in the, the mindset of a very individualistic Westerner, you kind of think, all right, great, my my biological family don't matter, so I can just neglect them however I like. And I don't think that's uh, what Jesus is telling us here, Uh, especially when you think about what the the rest of the the Bible tells us about our families. You know, Jesus Mm. and the the apostles still call you to to honour your parents, for instance, in in line with the the Ten Commandments. So there's there's still a a right love and, and concern for our family. I mean, in context, in Mark's Gospel, what you see here is that the Gospel is just bringing this great division and even at the level of the, the biological family, there are places uh, where uh, there is uh, going to be this divide that the gospel brings. Uh, in, in Matthew's gospel, on a similar point, Jesus says, you know, I've come, not come to bring peace, I've come to bring a sword and to divide uh, mothers from daughters and fathers and from sons, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who come to know Jesus, uh, who are in families of people who don't know Jesus, there's this radical break in your worldview at that point you know mm. someone who whose life has has you know you've said okay i'm turning from sin i'm turning to christ my world now revolves around him you may have parents who don't believe that at all and and that is just a just a completely almost incompatible set of beliefs and and, and values if you like so one of the ways that we see the family kind of loosened is yeah you're going to have these different sets of, of things that you care about mm. which means that 
at points, you're, you and your family may just have utterly different opinions and thoughts about what life should be about. Yeah. I mean, to flesh that a little bit, I could tell you a bit about my story. So my, uh, I, I don't come from a, a Christian family. My parents are still not yet believers. Uh, I want to serve Jesus with my whole life. My parents think that that is absurd. And I love my parents and I, I want to honor them and I, I respect them and I seek to do everything I can to, to care for them and, and all those sorts of things that the Bible calls me to do. But also at points, it becomes absolutely clear. At points in our past, it has become clear that we just have a different way of looking at the world. And at points, it's going to be, yeah, I, I'm holding loosely to the values of my family because their values are at odds with the kingdom of God. Yep. When I was setting out thinking about uh, training for full-time vocational ministry, my parents were not, you know, utterly opposed to that. But there were points where they, it became clear that they didn't think this was necessarily the you know, smartest and most fruitful use of your life. So there, there, there were points of friction as those decisions were made and there were points where I had to ask myself, yeah, am I going to serve the Lord or, or bow to what my mum and dad say? And mm. as someone who trusts Jesus, I can't do anything but uh, submit to him, yeah. And, th- and that can be very hard. I mean, th- there's um, relational angst in all of that mm. and, and it calls for wisdom and love and um, careful kind of uh, thinking and yet, the big call of the gospel is that um, you, you love God over and above anyone else. Yeah. Um, and for some people, this is not even about things like going into full-time ministry. This is even just being a Christian. Totally, um, yeah. Honoring God with your life, which is the call of every Christian. Um, you know, I'm well aware of, of people, uh, you know, from... from um, uh, brothers and sisters in our Iranian congregation, uh, people from a kind of uh, Chinese uh, cultural background, to to claim the name of Christ is to to at one level stand against the the values and purpose of of the family, mm. um, and uh, and that can be uh, hugely have huge consequences to to call them, to call on the name of Christ in in those kind of things, and so. But I think what Jesus is saying here is that um, the bonds of the gospel family are even tighter than the bonds of blood and uh, and thus get our first priority. Yeah, it's like it doesn't diminish the significance of family. It mm. just really raises the Elevates. significance of Christ. That's exactly yeah. right. So I think that, that's, that's really helpful. Yeah, um, yeah and like it, it, it's not meant to be... Yeah, Jesus isn't saying this is going to be easy, I think. And, mm. and I've felt that as well. Like I... I find it very difficult reflecting on uh, the disappointment. Like, I have brought profound disappointment to my parents at various points because of my faith in Jesus. And, mm. yeah, and that's hard. Like, I don't think, like, I don't see that as a trivial thing. And yeah. it doesn't feel trivial to me. Like, it's a big deal. But Jesus is an even bigger deal. Yeah. 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 Well, that's helpful, mate. Okay. Yeah, we'll keep going then. Yeah. Uh, question for you, Sam. Yeah. How do we keep motivated and spurred on to share about Jesus? So, we've done a lot of thinking about mission on Sunday, thinking yeah. about taking the gospel to the world, what helps us to, to keep going with that? I guess it can be tough sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it can be. Um, and and it, I think it's tough when, when your life, when, when it feels like you've been a Christian for a while. Um, you know, I've been a Christian now for sort of 22, going on 23 years this year. It feels like a while, you know, two, two decades. Um, mm. uh, but I actually think it's helpful to, to sort of keep coming back to the scriptures and seeing what do the scriptures say to me about what the purpose of my life is and what, in fact, what the purpose of the world is. And uh, there are five things that I keep coming back to uh, when I think about how do I kind of keep, I guess, keep, keep the pedal to the metal and keep kind of going hard for preaching the gospel. Uh, and the five things are, one, 
uh, Jesus reminds me that heaven and hell are real. Uh, mm. At the end of this life, Hebrews 9.27, uh, humans are destined to die once and then face judgment. And at the end of that, there's two outcomes, heaven and hell. And so that just reminds me, every person I meet one day has to meet God and I want them to be ready for heaven. That, that helps me. Yeah. Um, secondly, uh, the, the very fact of the cross, when, when Jesus came, he... He could have been all sorts of things. Uh, he was very wise, could have been a great teacher, could have kept just healing the sick and showed that his interest was in this world. But he actually went straight to the cross as a young man and died young, mm. uh, which shows me that what Jesus thinks is the most important thing is what he achieved at the cross, which yeah. I think is uh, dealing with humankind's sin. Mm. Uh, that, that helps me to see that the most, the, the biggest need that Jesus came to meet was for people to be right with God, uh, which helps me to see what's most important when I'm talking with people. Uh, thirdly, I think just looking at what the scriptures say about what the purpose of the world is, Ephesians chapter 1 says that God's purpose is to bring all things under Christ. And so someone who's not a Christian uh, is kind of out of step with where reality is heading. They're not under Christ. And that's where reality is he- heading. And I want them to bow willingly to Jesus, not... Un- unwillingly on that last day. You want to want them to get with the grain of history. That's right, exactly. Mm. Be in step with where God is taking this world. Yeah. Um, so that's three. Then four, life is short. My, 20 years feels long, but actually it's very short at the same time. Yeah. And in fact, the, the short 70, 80 years that God grants me here will be gone before I know it. Mm. And uh, time is short. Jesus could come back tomorrow. Yeah. And so I want to I want to make the most of every moment knowing that life is short. And then finally, I think just Jesus' command to love. I mean, mm. that's, that's what he calls us to is, is uh, yeah, loving people. I think the most loving thing I can do is, is get them right, help them get right for eternity. Yeah. Um, so that, those are my five things that help, help me. Heaven and hell are real. The fact of the cross, uh, the, the biblical vision of where everything is going under Christ. Life is short uh, and loving people. For me, that, that helps me. Those five truths help kind of maintain the rage, if you like, for, uh, <laughs> for, for mission uh, and sharing the, sharing the gospel. Yeah, and that's really helpful because I think it's so even, so e- sorry, it is so easy to uh, to lose that when we're just, you know, in the cut and thrust of yeah. day-to-day life. But keeping those those big picture realities that you just pointed us to, yeah. that is really the key, isn't it? It's, that's right. The, the motivation doesn't come from just, yeah. you know, what am I going to do today, you know, exactly. looking for something to do. It's no, we've got to remember what God has revealed to us in Christ. That's right. Those big life-changing realities. So meditating on them and going back yeah. to the Word and remembering those truths is a really helpful thing to help us. And that has on. to shape the ins and outs of mm. what I do during the day and how I... How I plan my whole life around these realities. I still there's still sandwiches to be made for kids and you know cooking to be <laughs> done right, and, yeah. and houses to be cleaned and work to be done. But the purpose of it all is not those things. My my primary goal is not just to raise a family, it's to raise a family in such a way that that's in line with God's purposes, you know, that that's so it infuses the, the ins and outs of my life. Yeah, helpful. You make yeah. the sandwiches to give you the fuel to Exactly. Share about Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Nice. All right. Well, one for you then, Jack, just sort of on that. Yeah. Um, someone's followed up with, well, how do you keep sharing the gospel joyfully when you feel like you don't see any fruit? So you've got this biblical vision, you, mm. the five things that you're like, yes, I want to go tell people about Jesus, but then nobody changes and nothing happens. Uh, how do you how do you keep going in the lack of, when you don't feel like you're seeing a lot of fruit? Yeah, it's a really good question because it matters, doesn't it? Like, you mm. know, if we're, you know, motivated in ourselves from, from the scriptures and we're sharing the gospel, but you don't see any fruit, like, it's not like that doesn't matter, right? Like, if yeah. people are hearing the gospel and they they don't respond to it and, yeah. and your friend who doesn't know Jesus and you care about them and you want them to believe and they don't, like, 
yeah. that really matters because yeah. yeah, it's like the last the last of those five points, right? Love, like mm. we we love people, and so for them to keep rejecting Jesus is it's kind of horrifying and discouraging. And so yeah, I totally get the question. It's easy to to feel discouraged when when fruit doesn't seem to come. Yeah, a few things I'd say. The first is I think it's so important to remember that I mean, as I like I just said, you know, fruit matters, but fruit is not ultimate. Mm. If that makes sense, mm. I think the ultimate reason why I want to keep sharing Jesus is because. Jesus is Lord, and He is glorious and exalted, and, and I love Him, and He's the best thing in the universe. And as one of His people, part of what I'm called to do is just to, to praise Jesus and, and tell the world how great He is. Like, it, it's, not, it's not kind of ultimately contingent on whether someone responds to that news. Just that news is great, and I want to tell it yeah. to the world and shout it from the rooftops because of how yeah. good it is. Yeah. So I think coming back again and again to just how great Jesus is, yeah. that is the, the thing that I think gives us joy to share the gospel. Even if people, even, you know, even when that falls on deaf ears, we can know that we're doing a good thing just in shouting the news to the world because of how great Jesus is. Yeah. Another thing that um, encourages me, uh, in Acts chapter 18, there's this really wonderful word to the apostle Paul. So Acts chapter 17 is a pretty, you know, Paul has a rough ride for a while. He's getting out to get him. <laughs> that's right. He's just going from town to town. You know, he comes to a new town and preaches the gospel and everyone gets angry and they yeah. beat him up and they chase him out. And he's yeah. been doing that for a while. Yeah. Chapter 18 of Acts, Paul comes to Corinth and uh, he, I read verse nine and 10. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. Mm. And then Paul stays on in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching the word, and has this fruitful ministry, and founds his church. Mm. But two of the things that Jesus says to Paul at that point, firstly, I am with you. Mm. As we go into the world sharing the news with Jesus, and we feel like that's falling on deaf ears, we have the confidence that Jesus is actually present, and he is the one who's there, you know, energizing us empowering us for that mission he's with us to the end of the age so we can do it with joy because mm. we know that he's there with us yeah but paul also, sorry god also jesus also says i have many people in this city mm. and he gives paul this confidence to keep preaching because god knows those who are his and he says yeah there are people here who i've i've appointed to eternal life and you're you're just here to tell them the news that the the lights might come on and they might know jesus mm. and i think what god says to paul is true for us that Across the world, you know, God is in the business of saving people. In every city out there, there are those who are his, who are, who are waiting to hear the news because they're going to respond to it. Yep. So when I feel discouraged about sharing the, the news and when it doesn't seem to bear fruit, uh, verses like these are they important to come back to. I know that God is in the business of saving people, and that's what he does. And, and I want to have this optimism that, yeah, as, as we share the gospel, people will respond to that. And not every person, and not every time. But that gives us the confidence, I think, to keep going out with joy and knowing that God is the one who is ultimately in control, and he, he chooses people to save. And the last thing is, um, the thing that helps me to keep doing it with joy is knowing that God saved me. Mm. And if you'd looked at me, as I look back at myself before I came to know Jesus, I think I would have been in the category of people who you'd say, yeah, they're never going to become a Christian. Mm. And God wrought the miracle of faith in my soul, so yeah. I know that he can do that for anyone. And that yeah. gives me the confidence to keep going out and just trying again. Yeah, yeah. I was reading uh, with someone yeah, last week that that bit in um, Paul uh, one Timothy where, where he says, "Here's a trustworthy saying: Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst." Mm. Yeah, Paul, Paul sort of thinks, "Well, we, Paul, if God can save me, you can save anyone." Yeah, and uh, I think that's helpful to keep in mind, isn't it? Mm. Uh, even the most uh, apparently un, un, you know, interested or unsavable, you know, uh, yeah. person uh, can be saved. Mm. Um, so yeah. 
just keep keep uh, keep the faith and keep, you know I mean? keep 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 going at it even even in the face of uh, apparent unfruitfulness. Yeah, because we also just don't know God's timeline, right? Like mm. when you share the gospel and it doesn't bear fruit, that's what has just happened this time and for this moment. Mm. But you don't know what the future holds. So one thing is to say is yeah, keep praying for the person who you're sharing the gospel with because. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it, you know, it's it's not the first time someone hears the news. Sometimes it's years and years down the track. That's right. So yeah, just keep yep. going, knowing yep. that God can use those little seeds and little, yeah. you know, you're watering over many years. Maybe what it takes for that person to come to faith. Yeah, yeah. A little story just to kind of wrap it up. My mum, when she she became a Christian in her mid fifties, and uh, there's a lady who. Um, had been sort of working on it for a number of years, just trying to get her into the scriptures and kept asking, do you want to read the Bible with me? And my mum was sort of interested, but sort of not. And so I kept saying, no, 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 no thanks. I'm okay, I'm okay. And apparently she asked, this lady asked my mum like six or seven times, would she yeah, like well. to read the Bible? And uh, and it's funny, then my mum got to this point where she thought, you know what, the next time she asks me, I'll say yes. And the lady <laughs> thought, I've asked her so many times, I'm done asking, you know, mm. she's clearly not interested. And then nothing happened for like two years apparently. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then my mum kind of kept going along to the church and kept kind of, uh, yeah, and, and then finally she said, look, you know, I know I've asked you a lot of times, you know. Uh, would you like to read the Bible with me? And my mum was like, absolutely, I would love to. I've been waiting for you to ask me again. And then uh, she, you know, read through Luke's Gospel and was saved. And uh, uh, how good is that? there's a sort of sense in which, you know, never, never, you know, yeah, never stop asking because mm. you, you just don't know at what point God has chosen to actually uh, use your your efforts uh, to bring someone to salvation. Yeah, that's such a good story. Yeah, Praise God cool, for that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, All right. We'll look ahead to next Sunday for a bit. That's the end of our questions, but yeah. uh, we're coming back to together. Uh, Sunday coming up, and Sam, you are opening up God's Word with I us. Am. What are we looking forward to this coming Sunday? Yeah, look, um, we've got two weeks uh, to, that I'm going to be uh, in God's Word. It's, it's kind of you know. At one level, it's just two great weeks in God's Word. I'm also aware that it's two weeks till Raj comes, so I'm sort of the, the, I'm holding the fort for two two more weeks. You're, until, you're uh, kind of John the Baptist at this point. That's yeah. right, preparing, preparing the way. For, <laughs> really looking forward to having Raj. He's going to be teaching uh, Ephesians uh, sort of once he arrives. Mm. Uh, but I've got two weeks uh, in the meantime, and so I'm going to be looking at two Psalms over the next two Sundays. Nice. And um, this week we're going to be getting into Psalm 130. And uh, so you might like to read that uh, ahead of time. And I guess mm. asking the question, why does God persist with humanity? Why does he, why does he, why is he so patient? Because um, there's sometimes where you feel, and I, I know I've felt this, where you're like, man, I never seem to change. I keep doing the same old things over and over again. Why, why on earth does God keep, you know, why is he, yeah, why would he be so patient with me? I don't deserve this. And sometimes mm. that can be quite an overwhelming feeling um, when you, particularly when you're aware of your sin. And the Psalm 130 deals exactly with this. Is a uh, the, the writer is is uh, just so aware of their many failings and their falling short before God, uh, and, uh, and and feeling the weight of sin, uh, and then looks to the character of God and sees the the great love and forgiveness of God for a surprising reason. Um, mm. And so that's. Uh, yeah, we're, what we're going to be doing in uh, on Sunday. Surprising yeah. reason. Well, we'll have to come and find out. We come, we? come and find out on Sunday. Yeah, I don't want to, don't want to spill all the beans. Uh, absolutely, uh, yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to being there. It sounds great. Yeah, so uh, there is great hope for the Christian. There is forgiveness. Uh, but it's it's. Uh, I think Psalm 130 uh, looks at it from an angle that I think is a little surprising. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to opening that up with you. 
We look forward to seeing all of you there as we gather again as God's people to, to hear what he has to say to us. Yeah. So we'll catch you then. See you then.